0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 395 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Uncle Uncle Jimmy's Brand Products. Today we are interviewing physical therapist Jody Swimmer about some physical fitness advice, and we're going to bring you the 12 Days of Christmas Dressage Riding Tips.
1: This is Reese Cougler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
0: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
1: Well, Phil, we missed you last week.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to put on a show without me.
1: <laughs> I know. It was Glenn and I. It was old school, good old days, but it was it was fun to hang out with Glenn, but we certainly all missed you guys I missed you and Meredith last week.
0: Well, we are back. We survived. We didn't, you know, fall into the ocean and get swept away or anything. So, uh, oh, that's still my know. bucket
1: list. Oh, <laughs> I'm go there. You guys go the coolest places.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was uh, it was a bucket list thing for us as well, and we ended up just saying, "Let's just do it." You know, we went to the Galapagos Islands uh, off the coast of Ecuador, and uh, and now that's off the bucket list. I think.
1: Love you know,
0: it. You just have to. Just have to do so you know, do things. Yeah. You know, I think,
1: what was you know, your favorite or, animal that you saw?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm really a kind of a bird guy. So along with the Galapagos trip, we um did a birding, you know, a day in sort of the mountains of Ecuador outside we, we first flew into Quito, which is the capital of Ecuador, and it is very high in the mountains, so we got a chance to do some um a day trip there before we flew out to Galapagos and uh I mean they have such amazing cool birds uh in Central America that uh you know there's like six varieties of toucans there's all these tanagers and yeah I mean that was that was really awesome
1: you
2: know
0: and Galapagos I mean yeah I was sort of expecting you know you see the giant tortoises and 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 the wildlife the the blue-footed boobies. And
1: That's all. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're all really cool. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you can just, you know, the cool part about Galapagos is, I mean, they have, you know, these animals and they're sort of weird, but you can just walk right up to them. They, they just have no sense of that people are dangerous, you know, because uh, sure. they haven't been preyed upon. They, they, there's not too many predators in, in that part of, you know, in that world that, so, like, that's the cool part of Galapagos. So they have interesting animals, but you can just go right up to them. And so, I think the funnest part, and it was also scary at first, is, you know, you can get in the water, and we did, you know, quite a bit of snorkeling. Um, and the animals will just come right up to you. So, like, these sea lions would just uh-huh. come and think that you're you're cool. They, it's cool to they want to play with you and they want to, you know, uh-huh. obviously you can't swim like a sea lion. They They're really fast, and they can just <laughs> be really agile and and really neat but uh yeah it was it was very weird at first but then you just sort of like you just go with it you go with you, it yeah yeah because they're not you know they're not really dangerous or harmful um and they're sort of used to playing with people so yeah i yeah. mean that was really fun yeah that's I so would, cool uh, i would recommend it you know highly recommend it you have to be sort of good on a boat you know and okay <laughs> with that because that's how you get around you know um yeah, it was such an experience. We had some. Yeah. Uh, Meredith posted some great photos that we took. She did. And, uh, beautiful. There. Yeah. So. Really and, cool. Yeah. The, it was warm, and the water is beautiful. And then, and then I had to come home, and it just turned into like it's cold. Winter. All I can't. The, it's it's like,
1: not even. I mean, I can't even imagine how cold it is for you. I mean, it is. It. it the high here today was 16 degrees. So.
0: Actually, it was was about the same. Actually, you know, uh, temperature-wise, about uh, the same, but it was blowing snow like crazy.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm like uh, counting the days till we leave. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I think the only real news that came out that we didn't announce last week was Robert Dover was announced again as chef to keep of the U.S. team. Uh, so that was really exciting for all of us. We're certainly on a really good trajectory when it comes to news. Um, I think, Phil, that was the only thing you missed last week. Really? Really? There was nothing else really going on. It's pretty quiet. Vallegro retirement Vallegro
0: retirement. Yesterday. Retirement. Yeah. Time went yesterday. Was it yesterday so
1: that, or today? Um, uh, it
0: was. Was today? Oh, Thursday. I think it was we're Wednesday. We're
1: recording on Thursday. Yeah. And. Um. You know, that, that horse did so much for all of us. I think everybody had a little piece of that horse and, uh, how he changed dressage in such a good way that horses can be horses and real athletes and beautiful and, and really harsh techniques aren't needed to train horses. So I think that horse did so much for the sport, uh, which is why we're also sad to see him go, but I am so glad they're retiring him on top. That's awesome.
0: Very, I, very can't, I can't wait to see Charlotte's next horse. And- I know. And Carl Hester, I think he was showing his horse and and won the actual uh, Olympia CDIW um, at that time. So I think the whole, you know, the whole Charlotte Carl team is just on top right now. Well,
1: well, yeah, that's very very, cool.
0: Very cool. Um, cool.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, that's about it. It's your world, don't you think?
1: Until I think so.
0: January and then it gets I crazy. I think it gets
1: everyone's a little bit the calm before the storm. So uh Phil, do you have a New Year's resolution for for all of us?
0: Um, I just i I think I'm just realistic that if I try and make one, <laughs> I won't stick to it. So I'm just like, I, doing love fine. It. I think it wasn't doing, doing fine. You know, fine. we're just sort of just talking to each other, reviewing our twenty sixteen. Yeah. You know personally professionally and uh, i think both of us had a pretty good year
1: we did we really did our horses were, were really good and knock on wood that continues for next year and i i always until i actually achieve this new year's new resolution uh, mine's to be on time because i have a oh. little yeah <laughs> always trying to be on time so until i can achieve that's that
0: to do as, a, as a trainer or as a horse first hard. because uh, Animal. Horses are always trying to throw a wrench, uh, yeah. a monkey wrench in our plans, right? It's As so I true. Say. Well, us,
1: us who I have barns and horses and dogs and cats, and I do not have children, but I can only imagine, and and yes, I would be very late. Then I would, <laughs> I would have something to blame all the time. But uh, yeah, no, for sure. So I have to keep working on that until I actually achieve that. Um, Till I actually achieve that. So
0: it's a, it's,
1: it's a life pursuit. Uh, so that's, that's it. So
0: yeah, so let's talk so. a little bit about, uh, what's coming up for you because uh, you know, the season is going to be busy. What's so uh, what you, what's your plans?
1: Well, yeah. So we leave for Florida, uh, right after Christmas. So we, uh, we're taking seven horses this year, uh, which is a well, I think it's really going to be a nice amount. Uh, and Elin Court, our, our horse that everybody loves, is uh, we're we're formulating his plan this year. Uh, Phil will mm-hmm. be part of that when he comes down, but he'll for sure do the intermediate one. Uh, and then we have to decide with him. You know, uh, I really want to use Florida for training, uh, and really pushing to get him really solid sort of in the Grand Prix way. And um, so we'll just kind of see where we decide. Uh, and then I have my new horse coming. I'll have to post for you guys. Uh, he it's bought,
0: exciting. Yes, yes.
1: Follow me uh, is a four-year-old Westphalian. I can't remember if we talked about it on air, but.
0: I think uh, we have. Yeah. I think we have. Just a little, yeah, Break-y because coming. when you finally con- confirm the purchase. and yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, We had a little chat about that.
1: Yeah, so Mikey gets in, he flies in. Um, thankfully, he was able to stay with uh, my trainer, Michael Klemka, which is not a bad place to stay in Germany. So he's been in Germany, sort of made sense to send him to Florida instead of kind of all over the US. Uh, yeah, well just, then you he can d-
0: fly right into Miami, right? And
1: it's much easier trip for him. So he'll do that. He flies on the end of the month and then I can't wait. I'll get to pick him up on new year's Eve. Uh, That won't be a bad way to end 2016. And, um, and then the rest of the horses, they all have different goals and it sort of depends. Some are just training. Some are going to show a little bit. Some are, um, you know, I'm looking forward to doing more long lining lessons with Richard and, and Merlin, our wonderful Frisian. So uh, it's going to be a really good season. I'm, You know, we've talked about it, and uh, I am certainly lucky enough to make it work, but, you know, as we all know, going into winter, you sort of either have to embrace the winter and know it's going to (laughs) be raining, and you're not going to be as consistent as you want because it's cold, or you you just sort of have to embrace it, or for us, we can really say, okay, you know, this is a time to really ramp up and and do some training, so that's kind of what, what we're up to, so... That's the plan. So I'll keep you guys all up to date with that for sure. So it should be fun. So, yeah. that's what we're All looking right. At. Well,
0: what do we got on the show today?
1: Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to, um, we wanted to get into the spirit of uh, fitness. And so we have Jody Swimmer. She is a USDF bronze and silver medalist. And she's also a physical trainer, uh, uh, a physio, uh, um, a physical therapist. And so she is going to come on the show and we're looking forward to hearing what she has to say. Happy Holidays to all the listeners of the Horse Radio Network from your friends at Kentucky Performance Products. Kentucky Performance Products cares about the health of your horses and knows you do too. May you and your horses and ponies have a very happy and healthy holiday season and a fun equine-filled new year. From all of us at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Happy Holidays, everybody! I have a friend on the show, Phil. Her name is Jodi Swimmer. She is a bronze and silver USDF medalist, but she also has a doctorate in physical therapy and a master's of arts in uh, uh, physio- exercise physiology. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we are so looking forward to it, and Jody and I show together all summer. And she mm-hmm. lives uh, a few, you know, she lives in Louisville. She's about an hour from me, and and I tell you, Jody, if I were closer, we would work every day together because you're <laughs> so cool and so motivating. And I oh, wanted thank you to you. come on because this is our last show before the new year, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm trying to think twice. Well grabbing for all of the Christmas cookies. But (laughs) we we wanted to talk a little bit about just some common injuries you see with riders.
2: Certainly, I'd be happy to discuss any questions you might have.
1: Awesome. So let's just get started. What is like kind of the normal, you know, thing that your injury that dressage riders have that maybe we can prevent or, or, you know, kind of help us out with that?
2: Sure. Well, I think that um, one of the things that might be chronic with individuals, especially the older adult amateur, could possibly be their lower back or their hips, maybe even some knees and ankles. But you know, primarily because, of course, we're trying to ride with our seats and, and, not, and stay out of the horse's face, um, I think that we might compensate in some areas that we may be having difficulty with. And we do see some hip issues and lower back issues. And sometimes even I've got a patient now that is having some upper back issues uh, from a horse that is pulling too much with her. And she's a very, you know, slightly built individual. So it always goes back to our core wreaths and also stretching Mm -hmm. and strengthening and Mm -hmm. looking for those holes in our body that we may be uh, exacerbating the holes in our horse or vice versa. That makes total sense. Yeah. It's sometimes it's really good just to have, I know as an amateur, I always want someone on the ground, eyes on the ground to help me and, you know, help me learn things that I don't know how to do on the horse at this level. But also sometimes it's good to have someone objectively just go over your body. You're, like we would, we do everything for our horses, but sometimes we need to have some, a professional go over us and go, wow, you know what, that that hip abductor, the, the muscle that takes the leg away from the body, which we don't really use when we ride, hmm, yeah, it's kind of on vacation. It needs to get a little stronger. You know, maybe that'd be part of the problem. Or maybe because we're in a flexed position when we ride, hip flexors get very, very tight, and then that pulls on the spine. So there are things that we can look at and then give give you, you know, based on your individual needs, just like you do with your riding, uh, how we can help you fix that.
0: So, Jody, I have a question. If um... If I were to go maybe tomorrow to a, a physical therapist, what is, how are uh-huh. the ways that you um, would assess someone's strength and, and their body and how they use it? You know, what is that process?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Well, as a physical therapist, we are going to look at your muscle skeletal system. We're going to watch you move from the very beginning, just like when you watch your horse coming out of the stall. Therapist is going to watch you stand up from your chair and walk to the room with you. So we're we're analyzing your gait mechanics. We're analyzing your leg position, your foot position, your back position, your shoulder, your chest, your postures. So when you get in the room, of course, we're going to listen to you and and listen to what areas are uh, are ailing and problematic and when they hurt and what relieves it and that sort of thing. And then we're going to actually take you through movements where you're bending forward and bending backwards and you're rotating your spine and we're looking at your balance and then we actually assess individual muscles and tease those muscles out to figure out what feels tight, what feels uh, not as strong. And then we're actually going to put our hands on you as well and check your spinal mobility and feel how your spine is moving. Watch you move, watch, look at your strength. So it's a full analysis. And then there's also something called a functional movement screening where we actually look at uh, your challenge you with your balance on not just one leg, but on all fours. And, it, you know, there's different ways that we do that. And, of course, the test becomes the exercise on many days. So if you're having trouble standing on one leg, we're going to teach you how to do that with good balance and safely. That so, sort of
1: So, yeah, that makes total sense. So, you know, think mm-hmm. of a lot of our listeners, you know, sitting at a desk all day, mm-hmm, it's cold mm-hmm. now, they drive mm-hmm. to the drive to the you know the barn to ride what are mm-hmm. some things that maybe proactively they can do to help with the hip flexors sure. help with the low back like what would you suggest
2: well um first of all when you sit all day as it they say the sitting is the new smoking which is you know dangerous and poor for your health so the first thing you would want to do is just stand up and sit down every 15 minutes and it's just as simple as that even if you're on the phone stand up sit down stand up sit down but you know That elusive um, half-halt is really, because when I first started dressage, as you know, I switched disciplines in my 40s. What the the heck is this half-halt thing? Well, it's actually a posterior pelvic tilt, and that's just flexing the the hips forward. And so you can do that in your chair if you have to sit a lot, and that's going to actually flex the lower spine and relieve some tension on the lower back. So just, you know, really just standing up and then sitting in your chair while you're driving the barn. Do, practice your half-halts, practice your routine mentally, do some mental things, but also just standing in a lunge position next to your desk will, will stretch your hip flexors out. You don't have to go lunge down the hallway, but just just some lunge positioning will stretch the hip flexors and doing some heel raises and then stretching your heels off the edge of a step, things like that that will stretch out those calf muscles as well. Or just I'm leaning over your legs, sitting in a chair. Yeah, right? Yeah, right now. <laughs> I'm, to, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was like, I better make up and start heel flexing. <laughs> yeah. And also, just sitting in your chair and actually, like, looking over your shoulder, twisting your spine. Look over That's your right good, shoulder. Absolutely. Look over your left shoulder. Doing it. Lean down like you're going to pick something up um, in your chair. You know, flex your spine. Move your spine in all directions.
1: That could be a. T- I'm not doing that in this in in this interview. That could be a disaster area. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we, you know, we've ridden. Are do you recommend some things after we've ridden? Now, so now we've gone to the barn. We've done our stretching. We've done our routine during the day. What are some things maybe after you ride? Well, first of all, I want to tell you,
2: you need to drink a lot of water, especially in this in this weather. We don't realize that we do get dehydrated. And if you've had a particularly hard lesson and you start cramping, like, you know, your hamstrings will cramp because there's a big muscle called the adductor ADD, adductor magnus, that also has a very large component of the hamstring. So as you know, as we're riding, we're using this adductor muscles and they're going to get tight and your hamstrings might get tight. You might even cramp a little bit. So just lying on your back and um, when you're not at work or if there's not a gym or something at work or if you can't do it before, you know, in the barn or whatever, we always suggest uh, for your back health, everyone should do it as a proactive treatment, is some uh, pelvic tilt on your back with your knees bent and then take that into some bridging where you squeeze your bottom and you raise your hips up off the ground, but you do it segmentally, vertebra by vertebra, so it it massages the spine. And when you get done with that, then you can do your hamstring stretches just laying on your back there. And I tell you what really works great to stretch your hamstrings is an old stirrup leather. You just take an old stirrup leather that you're not using oh. anymore and you buckle it in the last hoop, wrap it around the bottom of your foot and stretch out your leg. Oh.
1: I never thought about that. You don't
2: have you don't have to buy any special equipment. Yeah. So there's, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day in the morning or at night, uh, for some stretching and some um Just some bridging activities, uh, some core training on your stomach as well, some shoulder stretches. Really go a long way. Really, really, really go a long way. I'm not going to tell the general public to start planking because I'm very, very picky about how people plank.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to Jody. Let's just be real here. (laughs)
2: I'm
1: scared from my office.
3: She's picky about it.
2: Yeah, I'm picky. But, but that's why you go to the professional for those, you know, to begin oh, yeah. analyze what's, what's going on um, and to, to work on the hip abductors, the muscle where you leg lift to the side. Um, Think Jane Fonda, but do it lying up against the wall because that will hold you accountable to your positioning because otherwise everybody's going to do it wrong. Why? Because the body takes the path of least resistance. And we'll go forward where the quadriceps kick in, kick in, and most people's quads are pretty strong. So, you know, there's some leg lifting to the side, but you want to lean against the wall so you keep everything in alignment. Yeah.
0: This is interesting. This is, this is really good. So, uh, when should mm-hmm. somebody be consulting with a with a physical therapist, or, or, you know, when do people come and see you?
2: You know, really, they, 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 we're now saying in the state of Kentucky, I don't know how it is in Canada, but... In the state of Kentucky, we actually have, um, we've got good lobbyists in the Physical Therapy Association, and um, unless you're federally funded, in, your, in the insurance plans, you have, if you have an insurance plan, you can actually see a physical therapist without a doctor's prescription. So if you don't have insurance or if you don't have a high deductible, most outpatient facilities will um, actually have like a direct pay, a direct access fee, a flat rate. And it's really advisable to go at least once a year. It's kind of just like a wellness checkup. You see, you know, am I getting stiff in my neck? Am I getting stiff in my upper back? Um, how are my hips moving? Do I have a spot that's really, I haven't, oh, wow, that's why my hip hurts, because I can't pull it across my body. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, we wait until there's a big problem. Let's not wait right. for big problems. So, you know, a tune-up is a great idea. And and again, a good physical therapist um, will be able to teach you and watch you plank and watch you do the more advanced techniques and skills we would expect of our equestrians to be able to perform safely and correctly and see if, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not keeping that pelvic tilt when I'm in my plank. Oh, that's why my lower back hurts when I do it, that sort of thing. So, you know, if you have any question at all, call somebody, call a professional.
0: So um, we were having an interesting conversation, um, you know, before before we came on air about um, horse training and people training and how it, you know, can mm-hmm. can go hand in hand and how, yeah, you know, maybe the horse's weakness becomes your weakness. And so it sounds like you know uh, a physical therapist should talk to your trainer as well. Can we can we talk a little bit about that conversation we were? Yes.
2: Having? Of course. I don't know. Um, in America, we have a lot of horses that are hollow on one side and stiff on the other. Um, and that's the
0: world over. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we don't know sometimes is, you know, is the horse stiff on that side and am I making it worse or am I making it better? Am I twisting my body and I'm not getting them to bend their rib cage and that sort of thing. And so when, when you're in those stages of, of training like myself as an adult amateur training their own horse kind of, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, is, am I twisting my body? How much am I twisting my body? And that is that why my hip is hurting or my lower back is hurting because I'm not staying in good alignment. So, you know, we could be exacerbating our own conditions and we could be exacerbating our horse's conditions. So, um, it's really hard to fix the horse if you, if you're not fixing yourself. And we have a saying back in the old PE days, you don't get in shape playing your sport. You get in shape to play your sport. So, you know, we really recommend that even the professionals do some fitness activities that um, will enhance their riding. And it, it doesn't have to be a, you know, huge workout, but especially as we get older, we, we're kind of like in that maintenance mode a little bit. But, you know, can you still do push-ups? Can you still do sit-ups? And sit up it's an urban myth that a sit-up is unsafe. So, you know, again, make sure you're doing them correctly. And, you know, yeah, definitely Look at what what are my weaknesses and is it making my horses weaknesses and stiffness stiffness worse what can i do to fix this how do i keep my shoulders lined up and my hips lined up without twisting because i think a lot yeah. of us do
0: that Yeah absolutely i think it's a, yeah like you said there's complementary approaches and it's about total rider fitness not i mean as professionals mm-hmm. we tend to just ride horses and mm-hmm. and and then you know like you say we can get a little bit crooked or a little bit you know, so I think, uh, I, think I, m- I might be booking an appointment with a physical therapist. You've inspired me. Awesome.
2: Awesome. That's wonderful. Um, I was going to say a physical therapist uh, in our practice act is that we also follow up our interventions, our manual interventions with uh, corrective exercises. So unlike some other practice acts, um, that is definitely within ours as well as other things such as dry needling, trigger point dry needling. So if you have a, you know, your neck is sore, and you just can't get it, get it to release Um, we also do soft tissue mobilization with tools and that sort of thing. So we have other tools in our toolbox to, to get the job done.
0: Awesome. I think we might have to have you back on to talk about some of these other things as well. (laughs) So if our listeners have any questions or want to get in touch with you, how would they do that?
2: Um, my name is Jody with a Y J O D Y. And my middle initial is G Jody G swimmer, just like it sounds. S-W-I-M-M-E-R, at gmail.com, swimmer at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer any emails that I might receive.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us this evening.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure and a privilege.
3: Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products, featuring Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in Sugar-Free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker wrecker and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored, filled Boredom Buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed.
1: Well, for this week' total saddle fit tip of the week, Phil Justin sent us a new product. Can you tell us all about it?
0: I know I love it when Justin yeah. comes up with new ideas, <laughs> and I love it his, with Justin. Yeah, and he sends us the the new products that we can try out. So we've each had the this. Uh, it's a new girth. It's uh, the same shoulder freedom girth and all the benefits of the original shoulder relief girth, but it's synthetic and it brings you an antimicrobial, easy care and budget friendly option. So it's cheaper than the leather version, although you still get all the same uh, um, shoulder relief benefits because of the design and the shape of it. Um, It features the buckles offset from the center of the girth, which redirects the billet line of your saddle and prevents the saddle from interfering with your horse's shoulder it has strategically placed cutbacks to give you the total elbow freedom. Uh, it's made of reinforced and padded synthetic body, elastic buckles, and fully compatible with uh, a custom shaped fleece cover. So you can buy the cover uh, as well with it if your horse is a little, you know, gets irritated by synthetic products. But um, you know, I've tried it on a horse and I've had no issues with rubbing or moving around yeah. or. You know, it's it sticks the saddle in place. It, it itself it stays in place, and uh, it's been an awesome addition to our tack room. So I really have to thank uh, Justin for that, and uh, and we love all the great products that come from Total Saddle Fit.
1: We totally do, and you know, I use that one, uh, Phil. I, I'm using it on my Friesian actually, who we do have. Like I have trouble a little bit with the saddle uh, shifting left and right. Um, yeah. And this has really made a big difference for us. So it really works because Merlin's a little bit hard to fit that way. And uh, it's made a big difference. So as always, love, love, love Justin and what yeah. he comes out with. That's really cool. I
0: actually put it on a Friesian too, because of the same problem. No wither mm-hmm. on the, on the no horse wither. and the saddle goes left and right. And so it, yeah. I thought, you know, if the saddle can hold this in place, it's, it's a, it's a great product. And it really has. So, uh, you know. Thank you for, Justin, for solving yes. a problem.
3: I know.
1: And I can hose this one off. Justin was horrified when I told him I just, <laughs> daily, daily hose off my leather girth. He was like, you what? I'm like, oh, sorry. Oops, shouldn't have told you that. But it holds up great. And this one is meant to be sort of hosed off. And and, and it's really good when they get really yeah, sweaty. Yeah,
0: so. rough and ready for that, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah for, for all of our budget-conscious riders who uh, want to try out a new girth, I, I would highly recommend the, this uh, Total fit product.
1: Absolutely. Love it. Well, Phil, in the spirit of Christmas, we have a really fun list from the Dressage Tipsters that we wanted to read because it's really fun and very holiday-esque. So go for it, bud.
0: Well, she's put together um, the 12 Days of Christmas uh, Dressage Tips, which we thought was, you know, sort of pretty uh, appropriate. And uh, you can find the Dressage Tipster on uh, Facebook, and we've had her on the show before, and mm-hmm. these are, you know, always have great information and and help for your riding. And so we thought we'd bring on the uh, bring on the twelve tips. Are you ready for the first day of Christmas? I am ready. I think the first the first tip is very appropriate. Above all else, ensure that your horse is forward.
1: Oh, um, love it.
0: We never talk enough about that, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure everybody who takes lessons, you know, is tired of hearing it, but (laughs) every horse I sit on from the first step is like, you know, will they react to my leg and stay in front of my leg? So, that's great. I love it. On the second day of Christmas, find your horse's natural rhythm. So, I think this is really important because people who don't ride a lot of different horses have to really think, okay, every, you know, their horse has a particular rhythm. Um, as a coach, I'm always trying to help people find what is Mm -hmm. the best rhythm for their horse in walk, trot and canter. Yeah. And, and, uh, everybody always says, Oh, I I would, you know, that's a little more forward than I, or that's a little bit slower than I would have thought, you know? So, um, eyes on the ground helps a lot with that. And, uh, you know, because it's not always what you think it should be. So, um,
1: Sure. Especially I find with horses that are really behind the leg, you know, with yeah. my students, they, instead of getting them, they're, they're almost, they'll overcompensate the other way and they'll almost get the horses running off their feet, which isn't yeah. working either.
0: So. Yeah. They don't need to rush a lot, but, uh, you know, that, that, that's not the, uh, the definition of, of, in front of the leg. So, right, exactly. um, how about the third day of Christmas is promoting relaxation in your horse. Um, you know, you have to think about breathing when you're riding. You know, the way in which you ride a horse. You have to always be thinking towards relaxation because it's very hard for anyone, a horse especially, to learn anything if they're not in a relaxed state of mind. So I think we always have to return towards that, especially when we're teaching new things. It's that can be a difficult process of. Of learning a new thing, but not getting frantic about it and, and, you know, new moves. I think that's what we're doing a lot over the winter for my students, thinking about the next level and learning new stuff. And uh, the horses always have a tendency to get a, a little bit hurried or rushed in their state of mind. And and that's uh, you you won't get a whole lot done if that's the case.
1: That's true. Very true. Love it.
0: Fourth day. Oh, we're going to have 12 days of Christmas here. I Is know. Fourth it's so
1: great. It's day, fourth day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> make your best effort to perfect the shoulder in. There huh. you go. I like yeah, it. I mean, I mean, the shoulder in is almost the most, you know, or one of the most important moves more than, yep. you know, air or half pass or, you know, we're always returning back to shoulder in to all to the time. In. I know that I am in in the training as a horse has learned. It's not just a second level movement that you can do and then you move on. It's always trying to make it better and, you ride all the way from second level into pre-saint george i won. so
1: and it's a it's building worth, block or the mother exercise it's it's the mother really
0: yeah to, exactly it's, it's kind
1: of like in cooking the it's a mother, one of the mother sauces it's a really important one that you got to do right so i love <laughs> it all right the fifth day of fifth christmas
0: day. pay should, attention to your geometry ooh oh, yeah my goodness. <laughs>
1: that's a good one yeah i really like that one that's true it's just really something we hound it into your students i'm sure everyone's heard it from their own uh riding professionals but it is so important we cannot hound it enough uh and even in my own riding i'm not gonna yeah. lie sometimes i have to be like oh my god what was that oh, that circle was uh, awful yeah
0: I, I for me i think the one of the toughest things is the 10 meter circle yes always tends to so be a little hard. bit eight or 12 or you know Or not quite, you know, flat on one side and and round on the other or drifting here. And so 10-meter circle is, again, another foundation movement that uh, you can always work on all the time. I agree. All right. How about the sixth day? The The quality of the following pace is wholly dependent on the quality of the present pace. So we talk a lot about transitions, but I think this tip brings it back to your trot's not going to be good and your transition is not going to be good if your current walk is not good. And, you know, f- upwards or downwards transitions that um, people have to focus on what they're doing right now right, and then on what they're going to be doing next. So...
1: It's true. And in, in the... Um- as you go, it typically doesn't get better. Like your walk's right. not gonna, you know, improve. If you if you have a, a five in your walk, you're not necessarily gonna go and be able to get an eight in your trot. Like much better start with a seven and get another seven or eight. You know, it's it's hard to
0: yeah it's hard absolutely. To I think you know I'm always telling people that. Um, you want to start with a seven or eight, not get, you know, find yourself in trot and then, and then fix it. And then, and then you have your seven or eight for your quality of gait. I mean, you know, that's, that's always harder rather than just saying, okay, I have a great walk and now I'm going to do trot and then you now just, I'm going to
1: have a great trot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, fix where you're at and then fix where you're going to be.
1: Fix where you're going. Love it. That's a good. All point. right.
0: The more you slow down the canter, the more impulsion your horse needs. Yes. Seven. So this is a tricky one because it yeah. seems counterintuitive, but, uh, yes. you know, the more you try and collect, the more energy you need. That's the way I try and say uh, it in, or in my activity,
1: I would yeah, say the activity, activity. Yes,
0: more jump, have- right? Yep. Um, I, what I see a lot is people try and collect the canter and then the horse starts to rock a little bit up and down, you know, where you, you get the, the pull up and then the, and then the. Um, the croup up and then the pole up and then croup up. And the, that's not how the canter should be. Nope. So, uh, nope. And people, that's sort of what I would call sort of a false collected idea instead right. of the horse just staying croup down. Um, pole, the pole you can play with a little bit. I always, you know, I want to be able to put it down a little bit, put it up in the canter a little bit. Um, as long as the croup stays down, you're, you're good to go and your hind legs working underneath yes. you and being active, not trying to get out the back.
1: You would tell me to kick it. You'd say, kick him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah send the horse a little him. forward. Yeah, increase yeah. your impulsion, make more activity. Yep. And then you can try your collection again. Yep.
1: That's
0: true. All right. Here's the eighth day of Christmas. That's Do not time. begin a half pass if your horse's gait is not energetic. I love it. You I like mean, that I mean,
1: that could go for not just half pass. I mean, that could I go think for
0: everything, right? Everything, if you don't yeah. have energy, you can Start something that's going to yeah. suck the energy away. And it, yeah, it, it, the same thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm telling people that uh, traverse or Half Pass are naturally collecting exercises. The horses always back off a little bit when you give them something hard to do, right? So yeah. it's always good to start with a little extra. So if you do lose a, lose a little bit, you're not going to be in a trouble spot of the horse stopping or, or you know, being too slow. So I, I like that tip a lot. These are. I mean, the dressage tips here always comes up with great. She's so
1: good job. We love (laughs) him, like him on Facebook. They do a great job. Okay, I think we're on the ninth day of Christmas.
0: The ninth day of Christmas, only when you have perfected simple changes or canter walk walk canter, and you can canter always in a relaxed manner. Can you ask your horse to begin the flying changes? So. It goes yeah. along with everything else. Like you can't yeah. skip steps. Right. 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 You have to do second level before you can do third level. And I know people love to skip second level because yes. it's the tests hard. are hard awesome. and sort of weirdly ridden and, you yeah. know, very, I, I call them like tic-tac-y because you're always going here and then going there and then, yep. here, you know, just, yep. And those third level tests have such a nice flow to them so, and you can yeah. really show off your horse's gates. But you have to be able to do second level before you can do third level. Yep. You don't have to be perfect, but it has no, to be you pretty to get darn like
1: 60%, because uh, you got to be able to do it. But the only thing I would add to this, Phil, and I know you this is maybe going off on a little tangent, but um, I, on a young horse, will start flying changes. Not that they have to be perfect, but that they do go across the diagonal, do a flying change, just so they learn, but that's like when they're four. That's definitely something that I will play with a little bit early. But once we go back to doing changes, then I think the tip completely applies.
0: Yeah, what I would say, you know, for people who are, you know, tackling second level and maybe in a little bit of rut about it, um, get your horse to get your trainer to ride your horse a little bit Yes. um, so that they maybe can introduce a little bit something different, uh, you know, like a flying change or to work on your simple changes for you a little bit because it can be very difficult yeah. and yeah, nobody likes to stay you know in the same place for a couple of years or feel like you're not making progress. So um, it doesn't hurt for your horse to get a little bit of extra training. I know that, um, you know, I, I like to have the collection a little bit confirmed before I start the flying changes, but normally I can, you know, with a horse and developing the training, I can approach that at the end of the fourth yeah. year or their fifth year. Yeah. And so, I mean, it has to be with somebody who knows what they're doing because mm-hmm. there's something I, can, that can go really wrong. So,
1: it's changes can go really wrong pretty quickly. I'm sure we have a lot yeah. of nodding their heads right now. Flying changes are, you, you need support with them. And I think it's something that you really should work closely with your trainer and, you know, send your horse if you can for a month or two to your trainer, because that's, that's a time that it's really hard to learn and teach them at the same time. So even if it's like a little bit of a financial commitment, it may be an easier, uh, an easier thing for you down the road. If your, if your, if your horse just learns that or gets a good foundation and then have you come back on.
0: Yeah. I'm j i am I mean again we could have a whole show on flying changes. Ah, you know, you know so a month which isn't really the purpose of the, the ninth tip. Oh, so
1: So the tenth day of Christmas. The tenth.
0: The tenth. Above all, the turn on the haunches, particularly if being used to prepare for walk pirouette or half pirouettes, should be thinking forward. Yeah. So I'm I'm with I, it, you know?
1: Yep. I would say active too. I think you need more yeah, active.
0: active. Yeah.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning, and we've talked about this before um make them big if if the horse mm-hmm. is not active enough or you haven't confirmed sort of collected walk you know make your your turn on the haunches and your travel just you know make it forward and big and mm-hmm. you can work on getting it smaller later on because what you do not want the horse to learn is to spin
1: that's yeah, so hard to fix ah that's hard to fix and then your trainer's going to be like ah that's hard to fix don't do that yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, well.
0: ah. These tips can can help um, our fellow trainers out there.
1: Yes, we're with welcome. It. It's Christmas gift to your fellow trainers. <laughs> All right, Phil, on the 11th day of Christmas?
0: Um, to create, yeah, 11th day, to create impulsion, it may be necessary to drive the horse forward, increasing tempo, and then maintaining energy produced. Uh, get the horse going forward, increase the tempo, and then later you try and slow the tempo with the same energy. So... You know, that's a little bit towards the discussion of teaching horses to lengthen instead of, mm-hmm. so, uh, and we talked about this maybe even three weeks ago or so about, you know, it's okay if the horse rushes in, in the beginning, you can, you can deal with the tempo later, right? Don't yes. let the horse stay behind your leg, you know, let them rush the the, the and diagonals for a while until you can get that sorted out because they have to be thinking forward to do it. So,
1: yeah, love it
0: and our final our final is a good one 12th test uh, the 12th yeah <laughs> um, and this one applies i think to all riders all disciplines try to train your horse to be sensitive to the aids so you don't have to be kicking and pulling your way around the arena i love it that's yeah it, i think that's, that's that just everyone. Being, con- being very conscious of it and and working on it every day and and Helping the horse to learn what leg and contact means. Yep. Working on the basics, right? Stop and go.
1: Working on the basics. I love it. Well, that was super fun. And always, uh, the dressage tipster, they come through on the 12 days of Christmas. So <laughs> I love it. That was so fun. Very cool, Phil. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
0: I think the best way to find me on the internet is usually through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Everybody from uh here at the Dressage Radio Show, Philip and I wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy, happy Kwanzaa, holidays. Yeah.
2: happy
1: holidays. And uh we can't thank you all enough for being uh, part of the show and listening to us every week and and spurring us on to come on and and we really enjoy this time that we share with you all every week. So uh we do wish you a very, very, very Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And uh, we happy will New talk Year. to you. Happy yeah. New Year. We will we'll be
0: with you holiday. in 2017.
1: 2017. Enjoy the holiday program we, we have coming up for you in the next couple weeks.
0: Happy, happy holiday.